พรประธานและกรรมการของ DSP และก็ตลอดจนญาติโยมทั้งหลายที่มีความสนใจในพระพุทธศาสนา I'd like to extend my uh, greetings to the, the president of the Buddhist Society along with the committee and to all of you coming here uh, due to your interest in, in Buddhism ในวันนี้ก็ได้มีโอกาสอีกครั้งหนึ่งที่ได้มาเยี่ยมในสถานที่อย่างนี้ And today, I have another opportunity now to come here and visit the Buddhist Society. We all have a deep interest in the dispensation that was taught by the Buddha. In the Buddhist tradition, it And in Buddhism, we are taught to study our own life. เราทั้งหลายเมื่อเกิดขึ้นมาแล้วคนทุกคนมีความสำนึกภายในจิตใจของแต่ละบุคคลในการที่จะสวยงามความสุขด้วยกันทั้งนั้น And for everybody, once having taken birth, then it is a natural awareness that we have or that we wish to seek out happiness. แต่การสวยงามความสุขของคนในโลกนี้นั้นก็สแสวงหาความสุขในรูปสิ่งที่เราสัมผัสในวัตถุธาตุทั้งหลายซึ่งพึงจะสแสวงหาได้ And living in the world people will go out seeking uh, happiness through sensory contacts and through material objects in any way that they are able to derive happiness from these things ยิ่งในโลกของเราในทุกๆวันนี้มีความพัฒนามีความเจริญทางด้านวัตถุกันโดยส่วนมาก In the world in this present day, uh, there's been great advancement and development uh, materially. However, in the hearts or the minds of people, it's quite the opposite. Instead of developing, it seems that there's been a downfall, uh, a regression. In This is due to the fact that delusion or ignorance dominates the minds of human beings. And so they will be happily seeking out <coughs> happiness through sensory contacts and material objects. Doing so all due to delusion. And when they're happy just to go about seeking out happiness in the world, then through through sensory contacts, then they will never be able to go beyond suffering. They will never find the way to go beyond suffering. Because when one seeks out wealth, then one can always lose one's wealth. When one seeks out status, then one can have a, uh, lose one's status, and with seeking out praise, one can always meet with criticism. And in the hearts of people, there will always be happiness and unhappiness uh, going through the mind. And 
And therefore, when people do not have the mindfulness or the wisdom to see the suffering that arises due to having a body or the suffering that arises in their own mind, they will therefore never think of finding out, <coughs> finding a way which will take them beyond suffering or the way which leads to true happiness. Because they're all happy and content just to seek out these smaller pleasures which can be derived from living in the world. And there is uh, happiness in the world that can be found living in the world, but it's, it's, it's very small, it's a very trivial kind of happiness. And this happiness that they obtain, it merely serves to allay the suffering within their hearts, and it does so only temporarily. And then when people die, they, they stop breathing. Then their bodies will just be cremated or will be buried in, uh, buried in the earth. And all of the wealth and objects that they have accumulated in the world, and even their own body, all have to get left behind here in this world. They cannot take anything with them. And there's a vast majority of people who, due to delusion, they're very happy and content um, just to keep taking rebirth in the world. And in the teaching of the Buddha, he teaches us to actually see the suffering which comes to beings through having a physical body and the suffering which arises in the mind. In truth, suffering does arise due to having a body, but for most people, they do not have the wisdom to actually see it as being suffering. And the suffering which comes about through having a body is, is the, the pain and the suffering which comes through uh, t- taking birth through aging, through sickness, and ultimately, uh, as one dies, this will always be a source of suffering for oneself. <coughs> and when there is greed, anger, and delusion dominating the minds of human beings, then this will always be creating suffering in their mind. Because when beings attach to all their thoughts, moods, and emotions as being themselves or being their mind, then this will be an eternal source of suffering for them. Due to delusion, people have wrong view and they will 
perceive that their that their moods and emotions are the mind or whatever the mind is uh, the emotion is the same they're one and the same thing มีความโลภมีความโกรธมีความหลงข้อมกรรมจิตใจของแต่ละคนแล้วก็ทำให้ใจของแต่ละคนนั้นมีความคิดในสิ่งที่ไม่ดีพูดในสิ่งที่ไ
And for anybody who is able to see the suffering that arises due to the physical body and also arises within the mind. Then they will think of looking for the way to go beyond suffering. However, most people do not see the suffering that arises uh, due to body and mind, and therefore they just go about seeking out happiness in the world through sensory contacts and material objects, all due to the fact that they do not uh, perceive suffering or dukkha within their lives. When one has the wisdom or the intelligence to actually see that one does not wish to experience unhappiness in one's heart, then one should use one's intelligence to actually see that any actions which are a source of suffering, not only for oneself, but for members of one's family and society in general, then one should abstain from such actions. And then one, when one can see with one's own wisdom what actions uh, create happiness for oneself and not, not only for oneself but for one's family and for society, then one should go about performing such deeds. And when wisdom arises within the mind, then one will wish to abstain from all bad or immoral actions because one will know that this creates suffering within the mind. And one will naturally have the mindfulness and wisdom to see that the performing of good, wholesome deeds and the development of the spiritual perfections uh, create happiness within one's mind, both in the present and in the future. And when one's mindfulness and wisdom can see this, then one will naturally think of seeking out the path which transcends all suffering. And all of you consider you can consider yourself to be uh, very very lucky or people who have um, accumulated great merit due to the fact that you're able to take a human birth and also meet with the teaching of the Buddha. Because it is the teaching of the Buddha that has been passed down over 2,600 years, his teaching points out the way to all beings, uh, how to go beyond all suffering. 
เราใช้ชีวิตอยู่ในโลกนี้เราแสวงหาทรัพย์ภายนอกทางวัตถุธาตุทั้งหลายไม่ว่าจะเราจะมีทรัพย์เป็นร้อยล้านพันล้านหมื่นล้านแสนล้านก็ตามแต่ก็ไม่สามารถที่ดับความโลภดับความโกรธดับความหลงไปในจิตใจเราได้ In going about living one's life, no matter how much wealth one is able to acquire in life, then it is not able to uh, bring the greed, anger, and delusion within one's mind to a cessation. แต่คำสั่งสอนของสมเด็จพระสัมมาสัมพุทธเจ้านั้นมีคุณค่าอันประมาณค่าไม่ได้ However, the teaching of the Buddha, it is a it is a teaching which is uh, beyond or it's invaluable. เพราะถ้าบุคคลใดน้อมนำคำสอนของพระพุทธองค์มาประพฤติบัติมาพัฒนาจิตใจเราก็จะทำให้ใจเรานั้นได้พบความสุขที่แท้จริง Because for anybody who takes up the teaching of the Buddha and puts it into practice, then they are able to practice in a way which will lead them to true happiness. คือทำความโลภทำความโกรธทำความหลงให้บรรเทาบางไปจนดับความโลภดับความโกรธดับความหลงให้สิ้นไปจากจิตใจเราใจเรานั้น That is, they will be practicing in a way which will be bringing greed, anger, and delusion, uh, gradually weakening these until finally they come to their complete cessation. And when this happens, then one meets of true happiness. คำสอนของพระพุทธองค์นั้นท่านทรงสั่งสอนพุทธภัยสัตว์ทั้งหลายให้พากันหนึ่งละการกระทำบาปทั้งหลายทั้งปวงอันเป็นสาเหตุที่ของเกิดความทุกข์ The Buddha he taught the the Buddhist assembly to to refrain from all that is evil because this is a source of suffering. Secondly, he taught to develop goodness to the utmost of one's ability because this is a source of happiness for oneself. Thirdly, he taught us to go about the process of cleansing and purifying one's heart through the practice of sila samadhi and banya, moral virtue, concentration, and wisdom. And we use sila samadhi and banya to go about doing the, the performing the task of cleansing the heart. ในการเดินเนินชีวิตของเรานั้นในทุกๆวันเราทั้งหลายพึงพยายามทำหน้าที่การงานต่างๆในชีวิตประจำวันเรานั้นให้ดีที่สุด Therefore, in living our lives, each person should be going about their work duties and responsibilities as best as they can. พยายามทำหน้าที่ภายในครอบครัวเรานั้นให้ดีที่สุด And whatever duties you have within your families, then do these as, to the best of your ability. และไม่ประมาทในชีวิตในการที่จะพยายามพัฒนาจิตใจเหล่านั้นให้ดียิ่งยิ่งขึ้นไป And also one should not be heedless in how one lives one's life in terms of one should always be finding time to go about developing one's mind ถ้าเราพัฒนาความดีในภพภูมิของมนุษย์นั้นเราต้องมีสติมีปัญญาพิจารณาดูว่าความดีของคนเรานั้นคืออะไร If here in this human realm we wish to experience happiness then one has to think So, what does one have to do to do so? What does it take to be a good human being? If we go about destroying our own bodies or harming other people, would such a person be considered good? If we go about destroying our own bodies or harming other people, would such a person be considered good? 
ทําร้ายร่างกายกันแย่งทรัพย์สินสิ่งของกันหรือรักทรัพย์กันจะเป็นคนดีได้หรือไม่ And if people go about living their lives ruthlessly competing with other people, harming and killing one another, would they be considered good people or not? And if people go about always deceiving one another, uh, would they be considered good? If men go about being insincere or deceiving women, or women do the same to men, then are these considered to be good people? And if people go about lying to one another, then are they considered to be good people or not? And when, pe- when people are lacking in intelligence, for many they go about destroying their own body through partaking in al- alcoholic drinks and um, intoxicating substances. And people that do such things, can they be? Can this can be be considered good or not? And if one has the mindfulness and wisdom to actually see that the 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 performing of any of these immoral deeds or the breaking of these five moral precepts is is wrong, then one should think of uh, not doing such actions. If one does not use one's body to go. Harming other living beings, or taking objects which have not been given to oneself, or performing any kind of sexual misconduct, or partaking in intoxicating drink and substances, then by not doing these, one's bodily actions have been subdued and are peaceful. <coughs> and if one does not go about uh, lying and being untruthful to other people. Then one's speech is also being subdued and becomes peaceful and calm. If one sees the the harm or the danger of uh, breaking any of these five precepts, then one will see the benefit or the goodness of maintaining the five precepts. And for anybody who is able to maintain these five moral precepts, then they can be considered that they have the the properties of being a, a good human being. And that is to say, not only do they have a human body, but they have a mind which is con- uh, worthy of being considered human. And when one has the mindfulness and wisdom to see the suffering which is still present within one's mind, then one should think of seeking out a way to actually bring this suffering or dukkha to its cessation. And to have the mindfulness and wisdom that can actually uh, 
be wise to the thoughts, moods and emotions that arise within the mind or be in time with the mental defilements as they arise, then to be able to do so it's necessary that one has to strengthen one's mindfulness through the development of samadhi and concentration. Because even though one may be maintaining the five moral precepts within one's heart, they may still be suffering or mental agitation. Sometimes when we're lacking in mindfulness or we have a a slip of mindfulness, then we will often go about uh, thinking in bad or unwholesome ways. If one does not wish to have the mental defilements of greed, anger and delusion uh, dominating their mind, then it's necessary that they go about the practice of developing concentration. Sustaining one's awareness upon a meditation object that is that is suited uh, to one's temperament, when one can actually maintain this, this will cause the mind to uh, become peaceful. And once the mind has become calm and peaceful, this will give rise to the, the faculties of mindfulness and wisdom. Consequently, one will have the mindfulness and wisdom to be able to take control of or to guard one's own mind. Because if one does not have mindfulness and wisdom present, then the mental defilements will uh, be dominating the mind, always taking control over it. When we have <coughs> moral virtue as a foundation in our spiritual practice upon which we develop concentration, the practice of concentration ultimately gives rise to wisdom. And it is this mindfulness and wisdom that we use to go out to, to seek out the, the mental defilements that are within the mind and to eradicate them or to let them go from the mind. <laughs> One's mindfulness and wisdom has to see that the uh, that when the mind is overcome by greed, the struggle is just to keep seeking out wealth in the world will always be a source of suffering for oneself. And even though greed will still be arising within the mind, it can be contained uh, to some extent through the keeping of the moral precepts. Because regardless of how, how strong the greed is, we would not take something which belonged to somebody else. 
And greed can be further controlled through the development of concentration. Uh, one will have the patience, the endurance, and self-control to actually uh, be able to bear with this emotion when it arises. And one will then just use one's intelligence and one's mindfulness just to go out seeking wealth in the world uh, to the best of one's ability, but doing so honestly. And one will have contentment with the things that they have. Just this much causes uh, greed to be weakened. And even though anger and dissatisfaction arise within the mind, then it is when we do not see the suffering of this that anger is able to come in and dominate the mind. Some people, they hold on to anger when it arises, keeping a hold of it for a day, for a week, for a month, or a year. However, if one has the mindfulness and wisdom to actually see the suffering that comes about from having anger within the mind, then we are able to uh, control this through the keeping of the moral precepts that no matter how angry one may be with somebody else, one would not go harming another person. And when one develops concentration, uh, practices meditation, then with the, the power of concentration, one is able to, to further contain anger when it arises through having the patience to endure with these emotions when they arise. One will have the patience, have, have greater patience and self-control. And by having the patience and self-control to enjoy with this, then one will also be having the wisdom or the skillful means arising within one's mind to see uh, what is necessary to actually let this emotion go from the mind. In our daily lives, the way that we can go about uh, correcting or remedying Anger is through the development of uh, metta or goodwill, friendliness, loving kindness. Always to have this quality of metta towards oneself, one's friends, one's family, and other all people. And having this metta, this loving kindness to all, towards all sentient beings. ความทุกข์นั้นทําไมมีทําไมเกิดขึ้นเมื่อเมื่อเรามีโลกไปแค่เจ็บเบียดเบียนความทุกข์ก็เกิดขึ้นเมื่อความชรามันเกิดขึ
And with mindfulness and wisdom, one will see that <clears throat> as the body ages, this will be a source of suffering for oneself. We'll see that when uh, we experience sickness, this creates suffering for the mind. And likewise, uh, people will see that at the time of death, it, it creates suffering in the minds of people. Therefore, one has to see that or reflect that when sickness, when we experience sickness, then why is it that we cannot actually tell the body to be better? If we and one's mindfulness and wisdom may actually come to the understanding when it sees that it cannot order the body to get better. It may realize that the body is not the mind and the mind is not the body. The, they are two separate entities. And the mind then that is <coughs> always attached to the body as being oneself, then it can actually see are we able to command the body to be otherwise when it ex when it meets with with sickness. And likewise, is the body grows older as we move through life from uh, from childhood to teenage years to middle age and then on to old age, are we able to reverse this process, tell the body to go back to being young again? And likewise, as the body is about to break apart, it's about to die, is the mind able to command the body to actually remain remain on to live longer. Why is it then that the minds of all beings uh, experience suffering on on account of this physical body? The, the human body, regardless of whether male or female, is merely comprised of the elements of earth, water, air, and fire that come together temporarily. And having taken birth, the body goes through a process of change until ultimately breaking apart. However, for human beings, there is delusion within their minds, and so they, they are possessed of wrong view. This is the wrong view that when having taken birth, we always have this feeling that we don't want to die. However, by having such thoughts, this will create suffering for oneself. Because in reality there is nobody who is able to prevent uh, sickness, aging and death from, from happening.
บุคคลซึ่งมีสติมีปัญญาพิจารณาเห็นความจริงของชีวิตว่าชีวิตของคนเรามีความเกิดขึ้นมาแล้วย่อมมีความพัดพลาดจากกันไปเป็นธรรมดา And one must reflect that in truth, once having taken birth, then all beings must ultimately be uh, meet with separation from one another. And when one reflects like this, then one will not be negligent or heedless in how one lives one's life. เราจะใส่ก้อนธาตุหรือร่างกายนี้ที่ได้จากปิดามันดานี้มาบำเพ็ญบุญมารักษาศีลมาทำสมาธิเจริญภาวนา And one will think of using uh, one's body, which is comprised of the elements that one has received from one's parents, to use it well, so as to go about uh, <coughs> developing uh, one's mind, de- uh, performing acts of goodness. Doing so, living like this, so as to cleanse and purify the mind. ที่เกิดขึ้นภายในจิตใจเราอันมีความโลภความโกรธความพอใจความไม่พอใจซึ่งภายในจิตใจเรานั้นเคยหลงเคยคิดว่าอารมณ์อันใดใจก้อนนั้นใจอันใดอารมณ์ก้อนนั้น within the mind there will always be these defilements of greed and anger satisfaction and dissatisfaction arising and the mind has always been attaching to these as being oneself เมื่อเราบำเพ็ญศีลบารมีเป็นพื้นฐานมันเป็นสมาธิเป็นท่ามกลางมันเป็นปัญญาเป็นที่สุด When in our practice we uh, base our spiritual practice upon a foundation of moral virtue upon which we then develop concentration so as to give rise to wisdom เราจะมีสติมีสมาธิมีปัญญาที่ตั้งมั่นอยู่ในปัจจุบัน One will have the mindfulness, concentration, and wisdom which is firmly established in the present moment. เราจะมีสติปัญญาที่เห็นจิตก็เป็นอย่างหนึ่งอารมณ์ก็เป็นอย่างหนึ่ง And with mindfulness and wisdom, one will see that the mind and its contents, or its thoughts, moods, and emotions, are, are separate entities. One will see that thoughts, moods, and emotions are merely a condition or a state of mind. And these contents of the mind, they are not the mind itself. Because all thoughts and emotions, when they arise, they must naturally cease. And through the practice of sila samadhi and banya, one will have the wisdom to be wise to all the thoughts, moods, and emotions and the mental defilements that arise within the mind. Mindfulness and wisdom will be able to readily perceive uh, thoughts and emotions or mental defilements uh, each and every moment when they arise within the mind. And when one has mindfulness and wisdom guarding over and watching the mind, then each and every time that bad or unwholesome thoughts arise due to the the influence of the mental defilements, then one will always seek out a way to remove them from the mind. If 
However, if one's mindfulness and wisdom is not able to reflect in a way so as to let go of uh, any greed, anger, or satisfaction and dissatisfaction that arises within one's mind, then it's necessary to uh, cut out these thoughts and emotions through the, the practice of concentration. That is, one returns to one's meditation object, brings mindfulness to focus upon the meditation object, whether it be uh, watching the breath or, for example, reciting the meditation word putho, and just return to the meditation object for as little as three to five minutes, and this uh, should be enough to actually cut out these unwanted thoughts. And once the mind has been freed from bad or unwanted thoughts, then one should re-establish mindfulness and have it present guiding over the mind. And try to control the mind so that it only thinks in good wholesome ways and this will be a source of happiness for oneself. And by having control over the mind, then the mindfulness will uh, be able to think before you speak. And if one only uh, speaks in good, wholesome ways, then this will create happiness in one's heart as well. And if one wishes to do anything, perform any actions, then if one sees that what one, whatever one wants to do, does not harm oneself, harm other beings or society in general, then one can go about performing such actions. The mindfulness and wisdom that arises through the practice of moral virtue, concentration and wisdom will have the strength to gradually go about filtering out or screening out the mental defilements of greed, anger and all suffering from within the mind. And if we have mindfulness and wisdom guarding and watching over the mind, then when one sees that the mind is experiencing suffering, then one must seek out the cause of this suffering and use these faculties of mindfulness and wisdom to seek out a way of practice to uh, go beyond this suffering. And in doing so, the mind will experience true happiness. Therefore, in, in the world, whether it be uh, human beings, sentient beings in general, or all material objects, everything, uh, once taking being, goes through a process of change until ultimately breaking apart.
And so if the mind is able to see the impermanence and absence of self and absolutely everything, then the mind will begin to let go of its attachment towards everything. It's just like the <coughs> the venerable Kandanya in the time of the Buddha who saw that everything that, that is of a nature to arise must cease. And therefore, within his, within his heart, when he saw the impermanence and absence of self, uh, of his body and mind, of all material objects and uh, and all the mental contents. His mind was then re- relieved uh, of suffering. And his attachment towards uh, self-identity was also lessened. Therefore, all of you who have uh, faith or confidence in uh, in Buddhism, having the mindfulness, the wisdom, and the right view, in wanting to go about developing yourself in accordance with the teaching of the Buddha. Then you must be patient and put forth effort in doing so. So as to let go of all that is bad or unwholesome from the mind in each and every moment that they, that it arises. Having the patience and effort to always go about developing or cultivating one's heart. Uh, by following the teaching of the Buddha. Therefore, it can be considered that everybody here is, is somebody who, in the past, would have uh, developed some wholesome, uh, supportive conditioning. Which here in this lifetime has uh, borne fruit in making one wish to seek out uh, true happiness. That is to uh, go beyond all suffering. Therefore, everybody should always be going about cultivating their mind by following the teaching of the Buddha, because doing so will lessen the number of uh, future rebirths until ultimately uh, realizing Nibbāna. And so for this evening, I will end the talk here. Uh, If anybody has any questions, uh, please feel free to ask.
This is of this is of a number of different teachers, is it?ก็ครับครับเขาท่านก็ถามนะครับสมาคมไม่ได้คิดว่าจะจับคิดจับจับนะครับในครูบาอาจารย์ที่มังกรทีนี้แต่บางทีก็ฟังแล้วก็ครูบ
always steers them away from the path. They always forget the, the path of practice. And so all I do is reiterate, keep telling them to, you don't, don't forget to practice moral virtue, don't forget to practice concentration, and don't forget to be cultivating your mind so as to give rise to wisdom. In this world, at least 90% of people are not keeping the five precepts. That's because delusion is controlling or dominating their mind. And so in their lives, due to this delusion, they will always go about performing bad or immoral deeds. And at times they will experience happiness. Sometimes they will be experiencing unhappiness and life will just be going by it. Why I keep teaching the same way? It's like, uh, is anybody uh, always keeping the five precepts? And what about concentration? Are, are you practicing every day? If one does not have the patience and put forth the effort to develop concentration, to go about this practice, then they will not create the conditions which will um, make the mind peaceful or will uh, make them go beyond suffering. When I was uh, thinking of ordaining, I, I saw that in the world that, that happiness can, can be obtained, but then I, I also was aware that it was a very small kind of happiness. Because in, in truth, I, I wish for the greater kind of happiness. In sacrificing the smaller kinds of happiness, then I was prepared to, to sacrifice, sacrifice my life. Sacrificing my life so as to just go about this practice of uh, practicing moral virtue, concentration, and wisdom to actually realize true happiness. In doing any kind of business, uh, people have to make some kind of investment to uh, receive a profit. And it's the same in spiritual practice. If one wishes to uh, meet the true happiness, then one has to make this investment of fully giving oneself to, uh, giving oneself to the practice. For anybody who wishes to experience the happiness that can be obtained through uh, the peaceful mind, one, the peaceful mind of concentration, then one has to devote a lot of time to, to doing this, to practicing meditation. 
าใจของบุคคลใดได้พบความสุขของสมาธิก็เห็นความแตกต่างว่าความสุขในลูกศิษย์ดีวัฒนธรรมในวัตถุธาตุทั้งหลายเป็นการสุขเพียงเล็กน้อยเท่านั้นเทียบกับความสุขของความสุขของจิตนี่แหละ For anybody who is able to experience the, the true peace and happiness that can come by, come come about through concentration, then they will see that the happiness that can be obtained through sensory contacts or through uh, material objects is is actually a very small kind of happiness. They can't be compared. However, most people. They never experience this happiness, which can be obtained through concentration, and so therefore they just go about seeking out happiness in the world through uh, sensory contacts and material objects. However, those who have mindfulness and wisdom will will use. The strength of concentration that, that they have obtained is as a foundation for the development of wisdom, so as to relieve the mind of uh, greed, anger, and delusion. And in doing so, such a being will meet with true happiness in one's heart. Therefore, when you wish to experience true happiness in your life, you need to have patience, endurance, and put forth the effort to go about sitting and walking and meditation, so as to uh, make uh, peacefulness or calmness arise within the mind. The Buddha and his arahant disciples—they are not able to do the practice for us. The boundless loving kindness of the Buddha was that he wanted all beings to uh, go beyond suffering. However, he was not able to do it for them, and so he. He laid down a path of practice for us to follow, which, when when taken up in practice, can lead us out of suffering. And if we practice in accordance with the teaching of the Buddha, then we will know and see the the Dhamma for ourselves. The heart will be one with the Dhamma. The teaching of the Buddha is is never uh, outdated. For anybody who is uh, sincere in their practice, determined in their practice, then their heart will know and see the Dhamma, become one with the Dhamma. One has to see the mental defilements in one's own heart. See the the greed, the anger, the 
satisfaction and dissatisfaction and the suffering that this causes in one's heart and therefore seek out a way to go beyond this suffering. If one does not see or comprehend the state of suffering in one's life, then it's not possible to go beyond suffering, go beyond dukkha. Because the mind will just deludedly go about enjoying uh, life in the world, experiencing sensory happiness or sensory contacts. And the mind will be satisfied just to go about uh, seeking out happiness through um, ob- from material objects. Forgive me for asking quite bluntly, but say for, if everybody in this room was to, to die right at this present moment, all of the wealth that one has accumulated up until now in the world, one's house or any other objects that one, one has, can you take any of this with you? One's body will just be cremated or buried where it returns to the to the elements of earth, water, air and fire. Use your mindfulness and wisdom to reflect upon the truth of this body. Do not go deludedly indulging in the body. But have the wisdom just to go about making use of this body so as to go about uh, developing goodness in one's life. Yes, please. Uh, can you give that example once again? Wisdom and gravity? Yeah. เอ่อโยมก็ถามคุณกรณ์ฟังพันธุ์ละวันสมาธิแบบปัญญาเมื่อกี้มีคนอาจารย์ <coughs> <coughs> And sharpen it until it's like razor sharp, and just put it down. Is it is it of any use that knife? A knife which has been well sharpened. If you if it if you want to to be of use, then you have to go and cut things with it, like vines or cut food, vegetables, or anything. So we develop concentration so as to 
um, make the mind strong to give rise to this energy of mindfulness and wisdom. Concentration will be of benefit in terms of once the mind has been calmed and made peaceful, then the strength of this mindfulness has to then uh, investigate the things which one is attaching to, uh, to so as to give rise to wisdom and, and let these go. When <coughs> the mind is experiencing dukkha or suffering due to the emotions of greed or anger, satisfaction and dissatisfaction, when these arise within the mind, once mindfulness and wisdom is aware of these, it will seek out the skillful means to actually reflect upon these and let them go from the mind instead of attaching to them. Previously, the mind, due to ignorance, has always been attaching towards the body, identifying with it as being oneself. However, when mindfulness and wisdom have, have arisen due to the practice of moral virtue uh, being a foundation for concentration and concentration giving rise to mindfulness and wisdom due to the strength of all these, then it is mindfulness and wisdom that can actually start reflecting upon the true nature of the body so as to uh, let go of one's attachment to it, seeing that the body is of a nature to once uh, being born, it goes through a process of change until ultimately breaking apart. Investigating the truth of the body so that ultimately it gives rise to this right view to see that the body is not the mind and the mind is not the body. Even in the time of the Buddha, there were a great many ascetics and hermits who devoted all their time to the development of concentration. And they actually got stuck or attached to the peacefulness, the bliss that they get from concentration and took that to be the highest uh, object of the practice. And so they were never able to go beyond suffering. They, they just abided with the happiness of concentration. But they never actually moved forward with wisdom. In the time uh, as when the, the Buddha, before his enlightenment, as he went out on his quest for enlightenment, he studied concentration with uh, two very famous teachers, one called 
Udaka, Rama, Ramaputta, and also Alara, Kalama, uh, practicing their teachings so as to practice very advanced states of concentration. Uh, practicing to the extent they were is able to enter the, the states of absorption, the jhanas, whether it be the form or formless jhanas. However, for the uh, the bodhisattva, for the, the Buddha to be, he actually had the wisdom to actually realize that what he had cultivated at that time was not still the highest, it still was not true happiness. And so he, he moved on in his practice and used his mindfulness and wisdom to investigate the truth of the body and mind. Therefore the practice of concentration and meditation is, is done in order to, to make the mind calm or still. Once the mind has been calm, then one will have the mindfulness and the wisdom to actually start to see the mental defilements. And then you have to use this mindfulness and wisdom to actually seek out a way to remove these defilements from the mind, to let them go from the mind. And our hearts, they are, they are possessed of greed, anger and delusion, and so it can be considered that the hearts are, are dirty, they're unclean. It's like water that is in a, in a, in a large vessel. If it's all uh, stirred up and agitated and it becomes all murky, you're not actually able to see what's at the bottom of, of that big water pot. However, when, when, this, when the water is allowed to become calm and still, you're able to actually see right down to the very bottom and see what, what's, what's in there. An unpeaceful mind is, is, is unable to actually see uh, the thoughts, moods, and emotions that arise within the mind and will always be attaching to them, as, uh, considering the mind to be oneself. And so this is due to the mind being unpeaceful. However, once the mind has been calmed and stilled, then one's mindfulness will be able to see the arising of any thoughts and emotions and actually see that they are actually separate to the mind. And then the mind will be able to reflect in ways so as to, to let them be, be letting them go from the mind, so as to make the mind free from thoughts, moods and emotions. <laughs> 
สรุปว่าเมื่อทําสมาธิทําจิตให้สงบแล้วเมื่อสติปัญญาจะขึ้นถ้าเห็นกิเลสคือความโลภความโกรธความทุกข์เกิดขึ้นที่ใจก็ใช้สติปัญญาพิจารณาละความโลภละความโกรธละความทุกข์ให้มันภาวนาไปเรื่อยๆ Therefore, in conclusion, when one has practiced meditation and made the mind peaceful, then one uses one's mindfulness and wisdom so as to go out <coughs> to go about investigating greed and anger and suffering within one's heart and find ways to be letting them go from the mind so as to uh, allay any suffering within the mind. Once the mind has been made peaceful and mindfulness and wisdom arises, then say, for example, if one was to experience sickness. One would be able to reflect upon the body at that time and actually see that one is not able to command the body to be free from sickness, and one can reflect to see that the body is merely made up of these elements of earth, water, air, and fire that bind together temporarily, uh, taking birth, and go through this process of change until ultimately breaking apart. And then, when one starts to reflect like this, one the mind will begin to begin to uh, gradually let go of its attachment towards the body and its identification with the body as being oneself. Uh, this one at the back. Sorry, this this one is at the back. เราทำยาเห็นตัวยาพี่น้องในยาที่เราละกันเป็นโรคโรครายแรงเลยว่าเขากำลังจะตายอยู่นะครับเห็นว่าพวกทุกคนนี้จะมีความทุกข์แต่ดังที่เราไม่สามารถที่จะเราไม่เคยฝึกการทําสมาธิเลยอะไรเลยเขาไม่สามารถที่จะทําสมาธิเลยว่าพิจารณาร่างกายเราก็ต้องช่วยคนในลักษณะนี้อย่างไรครับตัวจะเป็นทุกข์ต่อตัวเราเองด้วยครับเราเห็นยาเป็นทุกข์ยาเหมือนกันนะทุกคนมีกรรมเป็นของตนมีการมีผู้ให้เกิดมีการเป็นดอนเกิดมีการพูดติดตามการพูดขึ้นมาใช้ใครทำกรรมดีได้ผลที่ดีใครทำกรรมไม่ดีได้ผลที่ไม่ดีนี่ทุกคนเป็นไปตามกรรม It's quite difficult in this situation because all beings go according to their karma, and so beings are—they're born of their karma. We inherit the results of our karma, and we abide supported by our karma. And so, anybody who does good deeds receives good favorable results. Bad deeds receive bad uh, unfavorable results. 
And so once again, beings just go according to their karma. Therefore, this is why everybody here in this room should be not, not be negligent in how you go about uh, living or using your life. Always going about developing moral virtue, concentration and wisdom. Developing all, all that is good and doing so to the utmost. utmost. Because <coughs> at the time where as one either gets old or is experiencing a terminal illness or at the time of death, say if it's a natural death, then one will have the mindfulness and wisdom through having practiced and reflected to see know the true nature of, of the body and one will be one's own own refuge at that point in time. And at such a time as this, say if one is, is, is sick and just lying there not able to do anything, Due to the fact that one has previously practiced, one will have this uh, develop the skill in how to make the mind peaceful. And at that time, through having made the mind peaceful, then one will be able to use uh, one's mindfulness and wisdom to reflect upon the body at that time, to see the true nature of the body as being impermanent and absent of self. And at that time, when reflecting upon the body as, as one is sick and one sees that the body is merely uh, comprised of these elements of earth, water, air and fire, when one, when one sees this, one will be able to start letting go of one's attachment towards the body, seeing that these elements, they, they just come together temporarily and then, and then break apart. And so, as when the mind starts letting go of its attachment from these, the mind will uh, become peaceful once again. And also the mind will be able to reflect upon any painful feelings that are arising at, at that time and, <coughs> and actually uh, be able to start letting these go as, as well by, by seeing that the fact that feelings are one thing, the mind is another thing and the body is another thing, they're all separate. <laughs> And one will be one's own refuge at that point of time due to the fact that one has gone about developing uh, moral virtue, concentration and wisdom. However, for anybody who has never kept moral precepts or never practiced concentration, 
then at a point in time in their life, say when they're terminally sick or they're approaching death, then uh, it's very difficult to actually try and help them to actually practice developing concentration. Because even people there that are in good, strong health find it difficult to develop concentration. So therefore, anybody who is experiencing uh, sickness or uh, strong physical pain, then it's actually very difficult for them to actually learn or try and make their mind peaceful at that time if they've never gone about doing it before. That, that is why it is, it is necessary for us not to be uh, heedless in how, about, how we go about living our lives uh, while we still have good health, to go about developing goodness to the utmost of one's ability so that at the time of, at the time of death one will have the strength of mind and the wisdom to actually reflect upon the true nature of the body and mind and let go of, of attachment towards everything. For one who has attained to the first level of, of enlightenment, the, the stream enter or the sotapanna, when they experience strong physical, uh, when they experience sickness, their mind is not affected by this, or at the time of death, their mind is, is completely unruffled or unperturbed. Because before their actual attainment to that level of enlightenment, they were able to see the impermanence and absence of self of the body, and so they've been able to let go of attachment towards the body to some, some degree. They have actually seen the breaking apart of the body they under, before it actually physically breaks apart. <coughs> and at the time when they're experiencing sickness, they will just take care of the body as is necessary, but the mind will not be uh, affected or be suffering on account of the body, whether the body gets better or not is, uh, is not important. And at the time when the body is about to die, they, they will not have any fear about death. Because all the goodness that has been developed in their life up until that point, they will have the confidence that at the time of death, their mind will, will move on to a, a favorable rebirth. And they know within their heart that <coughs> that the traveling through samsara, the number of future rebirths for them will be uh, no more than no more than seven. There will be no eighth rebirth. This is why it's it's important that everybody goes about uh, practicing while they're still healthy and strong. 
จะปล่อยดังเวลาให้โลกเลยไปโดยสาธิตเพราะชีวิตของมนุษย์เราของคนเราเนี่ยเกิดขึ้นมามีความไม่แน่นอนสิ่งที่แน่นอนคือทุกคนหรือไม่คนมรณะคือความตาย We should not be heedless or negligent in how we go about living our lives because life is very uncertain. The length, the the lifespan of each person is very uncertain. But what one thing that is certain is that everybody is unable to escape death. And what is what is the uncertainty of life? For most people, uh, when they are young, they like to think that they're going to have a live to be a ripe old age of being 80 or 90. However, at any time, uncertainty can enter into their life, and this is the uncertainty of uh, experiencing. Uh, Terminal illness or having uh, fatal accidents, and when these when these arise in one's life, then life is cut short. People that are active and caring, what of what benefit? Yeah. คนที่ชอบช่วยเหลือสังคมนะครับแล้วก็ชอบช่วยเหลือคนอื่นโดยทั่วๆไปเวลามีเหตุการณ์เกิดขึ้นในโลกอย่างเช่นมีการก่อการไหว้แบบที่เราเพิ่งเห็นในสองวันนี้นะครับเราก็ต้องทำยังไงเพื่อจะไม่ให้เกิดความโกรธความไม่พอใจในใจของเราครับเวลาเวลาเห็นว่าโลกก็จะเกิดเป็นอย่างนี้ครับเราก็ต้องพยายามวางใจให้ถึงสามจนเดือดหาว่าจากโลกไม่ย่อมเป็นไปตามความอันนี้แล้วแต่ทำมันโลกเนี่ยที่ภายในจิตใจคนมันมีความโลภความโกรธความหลงข้อมันจิตใจกันก็จะแย่งชิงดีกันทำร้ายร่างกายทำร้ายจิตกันไปตามเรื่องของความสุขในโลกนี้แต่ว่าเราได้ยินปัญหาที่เกิดขึ้นในโลกในสังคมแต่ละที่เราไม่สามารถช่วยอะไรได้เราก็ต้องวางใจดีๆไป People have to learn how to develop uh, equanimity, an equanimous uh, attitude towards some things, because the the world uh, people go through the world according to their 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 karma. Uh, many of the results that they experience in their life is is due to karma, and the world uh, beings go around about in the world uh, under the through with the influence of greed, anger, and delusion. And so, within the world, there's always going to be uh, people like the saying, like compete with people in ruthless ways, harm people, kill people, 
when when the mental defilements dominate the minds of human beings, then there will always be actions like this taking place within the world. And you just have to accept that this is a truth of the world and learn to have an equanimous attitude when, when such things are happening within the world. People that are harmed like that, it's there often it can be put down as it's like their karma at that time that they must experience this. So it's it's after nine o'clock now. So just one last question. If you're really going to hold on to the precepts and also develop, there's a there's a spiritual quality called satya, it's like integrity and truthfulness, where you you stick to your word, what you're going to do. If you're intent on hold, maintaining the price precepts, then it's better not not to lie. <coughs> because having this uh, determination just to be truthful and honoring your your word and, and what have you will make will create a strength of mind. As a young boy, when I was about seven or eight, I can uh, clearly remember having this feeling that I uh, didn't like it when other people were lying. And at that time, I <coughs> I was uh, quite determined that seeing that I didn't like it when other people were like telling fibs or lies, that I would not do that. And if one uh, holds on to that, only speaking the truth, then uh, you will see that it actually gives rise to uh, an inner strength and actually uh, a, sen a sense of ease because you're not lying. So always having uh, practiced like that, lived like that from the young age of like six or seven, by the time I was in my late teens, uh, many of my friends gave me the name, uh, gave me a nickname as one who doesn't know how to lie. Therefore, it became a, it became a trait of mine to, to, to be like that. And in, in the group of friends that I had, they, they all knew that if they, they ever wanted to know the truth of anything, they should always come and ask me. If 
ใครจะพูดยังไงก็แล้วแต่สำหรับคนอื่นจะหลอกลวงยังไงก็แล้วแต่แต่เราจะไม่นั่นทุกคนจะไม่ถามถามหาความจริง I think it's quite often for kids or for teenagers. Quite often, a lot of the, the, the fibs and stuff that they're telling to each other, these small lies, they're quite harmless in a way. But then, I, I could see that in my group of friends, if they ever really wanted to get down to the truth of something, then they'd still come. They'd come and ask me because they knew I was somebody that didn't do that. Okay. Okay so, so, okay, so we can uh, pay respects to the shrine and then uh, and then head off.